Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 155. This week on the show, I've got an awesome conversation with Chad from the band For the Fallen Dreams. Um, Huge shout out to him for taking the time to have this conversation. He's actually out on the road currently with the band in the middle of a tour, so always, you know, appreciate when an artist will take time during that type of, you know, chaos, uh, and, you know, it was a, a great conversation that we had, so, um, we talked a lot about kind of the evolution of the sound a little bit, uh, coming through the COVID years, and this new project, which is, I say project, it's a new album, uh, they have a new album coming out on March 10th, and it is self-titled For the Fallen Dreams. Um, already dropped a few singles. They're trending really, really well already. Um, we talk about that. We talk about, you know, life on the road and so much more. So let's dive into this. This is my conversation with Chad from For the Fallen Dreams. Um, so yeah, now that that's kind of out of the way, uh, I do start off with the same boring ass question every time, simply because I don't have a better intro question. Simple introduction, man. Who are you? A little bit of background on yourself and kind of why we're having this conversation. Yeah, uh, my name is Chad Rulig and I am the lead singer of the band For the Fallen Dreams. Um, we are about to release our seventh studio album, self-titled, that is dropping March 10th on Rising Empire Records. Awesome, man. It's crazy to think that you've been around this long, too, because, you know, like I found out about you guys probably like uh, sometime over the COVID break. You know what I mean? Like everybody was just chilling, had plenty of time to research new music, things like that. Um, And then even then I was like, holy fuck, like they have a backlog of catalog stuff. man. (laughs) We've been around, man. We've been around for a minute. We've been around for a minute. One of the. uh, one of the first um, heavier bands uh, on Rise Records. Uh, yeah. One of the, like, um, dare I say, like, uh, uh, starting 10, you know what I mean? That, that kind of came through that label that was uh, in, in the, the heyday of metalcore reaching its its uh, its peak in a way. You know what I mean? We were one of those bands uh, for the Fallen Dreams, bands like Recon, American Me, uh dance gavin dance was one of those bands uh, before their eyes there was uh, at the throne of judgment there were so many bands but uh for the fallen dreams was undoubtedly one of the first uh um staple metalcore bands on rise records yeah which is super dope and you know of all the bands that you just named like the longevity that you guys have all had and mm-hmm. being able to see the the scene evolve over the years What's that kind of been like for you? You know, like you said, being kind of a, a front runner in some of that and now sure. seeing where the scene and industry has moved to and almost been more accepting of the metalcore scene compared to where you started. Right. Absolutely. You know, um, I mean, you know, back then, uh, you know, in the mid 2000s or, you know, 2006 to 2008, never in a million years would anybody thought that metalcore would be uh, as as universal as it is now um you're you know you're talking about some of these gigantic bands now that are that have their roots deep in metalcore that are bringing the horizon for example they're doing songs yeah. with Jaron and, and are uh, becoming like a, a 
a household name in alternative music. So I think that in itself is really crazy to see the evolution of how uh, heavy music is, is, is went from being, and it still is, you know, it still is underground. It's still, it's its own um, subculture, but it's also making that, um, that cross genre move now to where it is in the mainstream. You'll hear it on Netflix movies. You'll hear it on the radio. You know, you can turn on your local radio station right now. And there's, there's one band on there out of the 10 that you hear that, somewhere along the lines somebody in that music or in that band has their roots in metalcore which is crazy to think about um you know so just to see that evolution uh in itself has, has been very wild um makes you yeah. appreciate it. it makes you see you know um like where we've come from and to see where it's at and it's uh it's fun man it's it's a uh, it's a cool thing yeah for sure and i think you know it it's funny because I'm 38. So like I've grown up through that scene as well. And, you know, seeing all this um, evolution and everything that you just mentioned, as far as like the growth and how commonplace it is now, you know, I remember growing up listening to, you know, bring me the horizon, for example. And mm -hmm. like one of my aunts would catch the lyric, like the song and be like, I don't even understand how you can listen to somebody screaming and you know, they're right. also angry. And I'm like, because you don't know the words, like there's yeah. so much emotion to this. And it's, it, yeah. I think that's the thing is it gets the bad rap because of the surface level of it. Like, oh, Absolutely. it's just angry, screaming music. And it's like, Absolutely. no, this is, this is real life shit. You know, this is yeah. what most of us are going through. Yep. Yeah. Once you are able to break, I mean, it's, 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 it's like you said, it's surface level stuff. Once you really break into this thing with anything, I mean, I think that it's a way with a lot of different things you could say, the same thing about uh about hip-hop right you could say right. oh it's all you know it's that and the other thing or, or whatever it may be any type of music but um metal absolutely gets that rap because they hear about it like, all oh, these guys are so angry and the screaming but you know like you said you know the lyrics are more often than not uh very deep uh you know um tracks with a lot of uh emotion in them and, and heartfelt lyrics that can kind of be relatable to anybody any any walk of life whether it be somebody who listens to country music uh all day long or or uh, hip-hop or you know rock music you know i think there's something to be said about um metal and, and metalcore and, and and where it's come from and, and where we're at now with it yeah for sure and you know people see the tiktoks now but you know back in the day the youtube videos and stuff and they're like oh metal shows seem so dangerous and i'm like it's controlled chaos. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, we're beating the fuck out of each other, yeah, right. but like, we all care, you know, I, yeah. not to be like super controversial, but the shit that happened with Travis Scott, you know, a few years ago right. Right. would never have happened at a metal show because like, yeah, we stopped the show, make sure everybody's okay. Stuff like Absolutely. that. Like, you know, it, it just goes back to that. Sure. On the surface level, it's, yep. it's a fucking chaotic oh, yeah. thing absolutely but we're we're all here to love each other you know and as yep. cheesy as that sounds but we're all oh, here no. because we have the same yeah. thing yeah the metal community has always uh you know has always taken care of each other there's been nights on this tour where there's you know there's been things uh in the pit that were maybe got a little too crazy or you know temperatures clash and and i always have to remind everybody hey yo you know take care of each other out there we're all here just to we're all here just to have fun i mean somebody's outlet you know some somebody going just going to the show is enough for them to after the yes. after the show or somebody head banging over in the back corner or somebody sitting at the bar somebody in the pit like that's what's cool about um you know the the, the metal culture is that everybody kind of consumes it differently and uh 
And, you know, again, like to, to, to tell everybody in the crowd, like, Hey, take care of each other out there. And you guys that are ready to go at it. And then, you know, you remind them, they're like, you know what? We're just, I'm here to have fun. You're here to have fun. My bad. You know, right. and that's, and that's cool, man. That's, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, one thing that this, uh, this culture has that others, um, are, are lacking in for sure. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, to kind of backtrack a little bit on what we've talked about, but, you know, seeing the, I guess it kind of all ties together, but for you seeing the, the evolution of the scene after, you know, being involved in it for so long and then not having live music for a couple years because of COVID and now to be out on the road again and see these shows, it's like, it's incredible how hungry people are for this live music, but also like how willing to take a moment to just like truly appreciate that we even have it back. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That, so. that, that, that's, that's been a wild thing for us, you know, because it's, uh, it's been three and a half years since for the fallen dreams has been on the road, you know, um, right after everything kind of opened back up, a lot of bands jumped at and, and ourselves included. We wanted to get out there as soon as we could, but you know, we just, we took a different approach to it and then, you know, can, uh, took our time and with writing and just making sure that everybody was in a good place. Um, so this is our first tour in, in three and a half years. Uh, the last tour we did was in 2019, uh, pre pandemic with the mice and men. Uh, so it just feels great just to be back out here, man, uh, to see the fans again, that feeling before you go on stage, uh, to just have fun up there, seeing everybody laughing and smiling and headbanging and right. you know, yeah, there's nothing like it. And, and, you know, it's, 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 it's a great feeling to know that even after all that time has passed, we never knew if we were going to get to do this again. Um, so to get back up there uh, and just to, to say, okay, this is a good reminder. This is why I do this. And that speaks to the longevity of the band, the band that's been, you know, seven albums and, and over 15 years as a band, um, you can get jaded, you can get tired, you can get to that point where like, do I really like to do this? So this tour to get back out um, after all that time, be like, this is still my shit. This is what I do best. I love it. So it's, it's been great, man. Um, it's been a great tour and, and it's great to, to be out with the fans. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, to your point, being able to head out on this tour for those that aren't, you know, maybe listening at the right time or whatever uh, to the podcast, you're out with Gideon, Orthodox and Guerrilla Warfare right now. And, yeah. you know, talk about some incredible artists to be around anyway. Absolutely. And then, you know, like Gideon, for example, I've seen a few times and like, I know their fan base is just insane. So oh, to yeah. bring all of that into one, one yep. environment is just an awesome thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Every band is bringing their own flavor and their own, you know, their own fans. So everybody's, you know, uh, newer fans for us, maybe not, may have not have heard of those bands before. Right. And fans of Gideon and, and Orthodox may have never seen For the Fallen Dreams before. So, so that's always the fun part about putting together like a, a somewhat of a diverse package, you know, um, it, it's just for fans to kind of hear things for the first time. And again, like for us to be as, as old as we are in the game and still have people coming up to us and saying, I've never heard you guys before. Right. I know the name, but I've never actually listened or been to a show. So that's that's a great feeling as well. So we're just, we're just humbled, man. We're, we're happy to be out here. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you've been hitting some cool places too, looking at the, uh, the tour list right now, and then you've got some awesome places coming up as well. Um, what's it been like, you know, this being the first tour back on the road, 
being out with Gideon and Orthodox and guerrilla warfare, and then being able to make it virtually a, a whole country tour, you know, like yeah. you're missing a little bit, but it, it's a cross country sure. tour. What's it like to be able to do that versus like, okay, fuck, we have to do the little like regional run to start with. Right. Regional runs are fun, man. For the Fallen Dreams has always been that band. We've always, we've always been road dogs. We've always went out and been like eight week tour, sign us up world tour. Let's do it. Like we did, um, you know, okay. we've done, the last runs we did we did six weeks in the states and then we came home for a week and then we did five weeks in europe you know what i mean so we've always kind of been accustomed to uh um uh, being on the road for longer than a shorter time because what a lot of people don't understand um this is like an internal thing is that um it takes just as much time to get ready to play four shows as it right. does to play four weeks so the same amount of work goes into um, you know, uh, all the, all the, the rehearsals and, and the gear prep and the merchandise and just setting everything up, uh, to do four shows or, or a couple weeks, that's the same amount of prep time it takes to do again, uh, a six week or eight week run tour. So to put in all of the, the work that goes in to get prepped for a tour, um, it definitely makes it easier to be like, okay, we know that we're going to be out in this motherfucker for a minute. So I love long tours. I, I love be able to, you know, just get out and, and, and see a little bit of everything, see, you know, the United States in all of its glory. Um, I think we take it for granted sometimes. I've, you know, I've been around this, this rock a few different times, you know, we've, we've played a few different places. So uh, the United States is criminally underrated for how much shit there is to see and do. Yeah. Like we have like six or seven different climates. It's, and yeah one part of the u.s is looks completely like alien to another part of the u.s it's so i love it man i love doing the trips you know a place like you'll be down in the swamps of florida and then you can drive for four days and then be in the salt flats of salt lake city so um i love it man touring the states is fun obviously we've we've been at it for a long time we've done our fair share of touring over here so we've we've made good friends and fans and we we know some of these places now like the back of our hands like our second home um those six week runs long runs that's that's uh that's our specialty yeah for sure and you know it it is funny looking at the list too like i always joke that booking agents don't own globes or atlases because you were just in indianapolis a couple days ago um well last night as a matter of fact and here it is fucking just storming it's super cold it's like okay cool let's be in the midwest in winter and fucking not florida (laughs) oh exactly man i mean indianapolis yesterday was six the highest 61 and then today it's 23 and then uh, three days ago it was 75 i mean that type of stuff does a number on me as a vocalist like my my voice and, and and all that um but we prep as best as we can you know i mean we're in a we're a pretty comfortable rig so um I always got the humidifier going and, and doing my, my warm-up. So that's, that's the downside of, of all the climates and all the, the stuff to do in the UN, United States is that uh, the weather changes uh, can really do a number on you. Yeah, and I think that's something, you know, I hate to, to use the term this way for this example, but like casual fans, they don't get that. You know, they just assume that all's good, you know, whatever. Like yeah. you're used to it. And it's like, but you know, especially God forbid you have allergies and you're moving through the U S like, fuck, you're, you're screwed because spring just never ends and you get hay fever and all that shit. And it's like, 
you know, I think it gets taken for granted sometimes that like, there's a reason or people get, you know, a little bit pissy about like, oh, you know, they, they played three days, they took two off and now they jumped over my state. And it's like, well, yeah, but that, that dude's been like killing himself for those three days and oh, now yeah. three weeks and everything. Like there's a reason that it's planned this way. Absolutely. You know, I mean, on this tour now we're, we're, we're doing six shows a week. We're having one day off. Um, there was a time and it wasn't even that long ago that for the fallen dreams was doing seven shows a week. And these yeah. are four, five, five weeks, no days off every single day. Um, and I don't think people, the everyday casual fan or just the everyday Joe doesn't really understand the amount of wear and tear, just traveling and loading in and loading out, you know, uh, what that does to, you know, your mental and what it does to your, your physical well-being and all that stuff. It, it whoops your ass, man. Um, it, I listened to a few different podcasts of comedians and mm-hmm. uh, um, they'll, I'll, I'll hear them talking about uh, being on tour and uh, I think it was Joe Rogan or, or, or who was it? Brennan Schaub or somebody. And they were talking about, oh, man, we, I went out for three days uh, last month, three days in a row. And, yeah, I have to take like three or four days after that. I'm like, be, you all wouldn't last a <laughs> week doing what I do. Yeah. Um, but, it's, it, you know, it's not it's not for everybody. You know what I mean, it takes a lot to be a touring musician. It takes a lot to, uh, you know, just get out and do what we do. And, um time sometimes weeds out some of those musicians uh and sometimes you just kind of got to make the best with what you got um but we're doing it we're old as, as hell now and we're out here still making it happen but you know that's the other thing too like with you guys have having done it for so long you know like i don't know your exact regimen now but there's probably vitamins involved you know you're you're taking care of right. yourself a little better than 10 15 years ago where it was like ah fuck it like it's 10 a.m. Just give me a beer. We'll be fine. Or give me a oh, shot man. of whiskey. <laughs> yep. Um, it's it's a little we're always prepping and taking, you know, vitamins and stuff. We all make sure um, to uh, hit the gym as much as possible, you know, to hit the gym and, and take our, uh, our emergency and all that fun stuff. Uh, just just to, to, to try and stay with it, man. You know, what I mean, we're not young chickens anymore. So sleeping in like corners of the of the van of, on the floor and, and, and you know eating uh, mcdonald's every day and all that it's just it, it, it doesn't it doesn't jive uh, much anymore we gotta take a little bit better care of each other and we all hold each other accountable too so if someone's starting to get sick we'll say to them like hey man you better take your ass in there and get some nyquil because if you get this whole rig sick right <laughs> you're, you're buying medicine for everybody yeah. so we try to hold each other accountable um try and keep it as clean as we can and, and inside our the rig and, and, and staying up on all of our old man vitamins to make sure we can uh, continue to do this. Yeah. And I think that's the thing though, you know, it's, it's that underrated thing. Like for me, I've got some hearing damage from going to shows without earplugs for yeah. way longer than I should have. And now like doing the photography and the journalism, I'm like, bro, it, I don't care if you're 19 years old, wear goddamn earplugs. If you're going to be oh, up by the, the stacks, you know? It took way too long for me to do that. Way yeah. too long. Now, just, you know, I'm 35. We've been at this for 15 years. And just recently did the band start using uh, IEM, so in-ear monitors. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not just getting blasted by front wedges every night. You know what I mean? It just does right. such a number. Because from now to the time that I go into this next world, 
uh, I have to sleep with a box fan on on high, or else I'm just ringing. Tinnitus is just it's coming after me. So uh, yeah, for anybody yeah. listening, wear your goddamn earplugs. And and that's the thing that you know it. This wasn't supposed to turn into this kind of a promo, I guess, but it's going to because like your ears are one of the very few things on our bodies that like there's no real way to fix tinnitus and shit like that. Like, right. If you fuck up your hearing, it's fucked. It, there's no exactly. Fixing. Yep. Yeah. So take care of them. Take care of them, man. It's, and that's coming from a musician. I mean, mine aren't mine aren't to the point where I, I you know, it's, it's damaged, but I absolutely have some some tinnitus where it's it's um she's she's ringing so we try yeah. and the in-ear monitors now are, are are an absolute game changer it's crazy to go from that this late in the game to, to be using these now and i can hear the entire band and i get off stage and their my ears aren't ringing it's just like oh man i missed the boat but we're here now so yeah i think that's the the thing too that i'd like you to to talk a little bit about you kind of mentioned it there how big of a difference have you noticed performance-wise switching to like an in-ear versus just doing the house wedge? I love it, man. I really do. Um, it's, um, it's, it's, I don't know if it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's necessary. Maybe, for, I mean, I, I would think for all musicians, I mean, it's, it's something to making that switch is a little different for us. Now we're doing so much uh, singing that I need to be able to hear myself and I need to not have to rely on the quality of the uh, equipment of each, each venue, you know what I mean? Or how good their monitor guy is or how good our front of house guy can get us, you know? So to have my own mix every night that I tailored to my own ears uh, that I hear every night, no matter what, just me, um, it's an absolute game changer. The, the downside of that is that I don't always get to, I can't hear the crowd as well um so you know if, if i'm if i'm yelling to the crowd and let me hear you or this that or the other and, and you know i put the mic out um i have to usually i usually pop an ear out just so i, I still need to be able to feel that energy and you absolutely can uh but that's that's the downside is that you lose a little bit of that live feel yeah i'm yeah. like the role of the um the crowd and, and and all that but for the most part uh it's an absolute game changer right uh, um this is our first tour running them uh, entirely for the entire band. And uh, they're great, man. Uh, I would, I would suggest if, if, if any band has the means to, to do that, uh, give it a try, but um, I love them. Yeah, for sure. And more on the, the tech nerd side of it for me, did you go with like the custom molded or are they kind of a generic in your. Uh, all, all custom molds. So we did, um, we did a custom molds and I'm going to do a shameless plug uh, to fur audio. Uh, we did our ears um amazing company uh i did my customs damon uh um has his customs marcus custom and then uh eric our fill-in right now he's he's running some shears uh just just um they're not custom molds but they're they're still iems um but yeah so the so i it's again it's it's crazy to get the mold in there and it fits exactly to your ear they don't budge it doesn't matter how much you headbang it it they're staying so yeah. it's uh super rad man I, I love them yeah and that that's the thing you know like obviously with me not performing i don't necessarily need them but i've really thought about doing i've looked at fur and i've looked at like ultimate ears and doing the, okay. the custom molds for just listening to music you know like and if you insane. have the means man go for it because they really are such a game changer like it's it's just 
I don't know, you feel locked into the music. Like I, I like I even listen with um to music on my phone with them. I have one yeah. of the, the dongles and I'll just I'll connect it to the dongle and uh yeah, it's it's super rad. Awesome, man. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the album that's that's going to be dropping. So this episode is going to go live this coming Wednesday. So uh, just a few days, uh, about a little over a week, I guess, uh, from when the album drops. It's coming out uh, on A Rising Empire. And let's talk, you know, some of the the thing I don't like to do anymore. I used to do it and I realized I was fucking it up for myself and a lot of people. I don't ask the specifics of any songs anymore because like, Right. I'm, I'm going to take it as, oh, that song's about a fucking breakup or whatever. And fuck that. Sure, bitch. Sure. And then it's like, no, that's the day that I stubbed my toe and I was just really pissed off at the world. And it's like, <laughs> fuck. OK. Right. Right. So, right. you know, it, with whatever you want to divulge about that. But let's talk, you know, getting back out there, being able to record and dropping this newest uh, set of work. Like, what's it feel like to be able to say, you know, we're still here. Look at this new showcase. We've yeah obviously evolved the sound over the years absolutely yeah um you know it was it was really an evolution of us as humans that's really what this record is a testament to i mean i think that's why it sounds the way that it does um it's just just growing pains man growing and then growing as a human being and your thought process and in turn your writing process and that's kind of where this evolution of sound came from um, of us just wanting to try new things, us just wanting to push the envelope, uh, to push ourselves to be better musicians, uh, to push myself to be a uh, better vocalist and lyricist and singer songwriter. Um, this is my first record singing, so I've, I've you know I've never sang on any material before this, and that for me was it was a was a huge, um, just a huge challenge, man. Like. Uh, I haven't been uncomfortable in music in a very long time. And that can leave you just kind of complacent in what you're doing. I just, ah, this works. I've been doing it for a long time. No need to, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type attitude. And, um, and that can lead to just a lot of, um, I don't know, lack of inspiration. So for me to get thrown completely in an opposite uh, end of um, the spectrum of, uh, what I'm used to, uh, to say, I'm going to try. So I'm going to try and be not just as a screamer or a pit screamer. I'm going to, I'm going to try and be a full on singer. Um, so that was a, a big thing as far as this record goes, and me finding myself vocally, um, and myself as like a singer in turn changed the sound of the material that we were writing. You know, it kind of goes hand in hand that whatever I'm going to do, or I want to do, or, you know, is gonna is gonna make a difference in, in how the songs are written. You know, because yeah. we couldn't we couldn't go and, and write a record like our our very first record um, and have me you know doing and pushing the envelope vocally. It just it it just wouldn't have been authentic. So yeah. the big thing for this record was really just finding who we wanted to be as musicians again, who I wanted to be as a vocalist. Um, so that was the best part of this whole process was really just um, uncharted territory, um, deep water, not knowing if I could do it, not having any clue if I was going to be any good. Um, and um, we just, I just, I just did the work and, and the band just did the work. We went in and said, just go do the fucking work. That's all. That's really what it takes to say, 
this is what we want to do. And the only way we're going to do that is if everybody puts their head down and pushes toward this end goal of being more than we've ever been before. So that is the, the, the general theme of where we're at and what we tried to accomplish with this record. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, the, the thing that is a, a great point that you made and a good reminder for people is, you know, the being content and comfortable in what you do is great, but at some point being uncomfortable is what's going to push your limits. It's going to breed that new level of creativity and things of that nature. So, you know, while it may be scary to never have done clean vocals on a a track before, you know, absolute worst case scenario, especially on an album cycle, like, fuck it, we trash it. Like, it's not a big deal. Right. Right. Yeah. And and that, and that can go for anything, man. I think it's, I think it's extremely important for anybody who um, is, is um, kind of just stuck in that same rut is you just kind of got to throw yourself into the fire. And um, you know, for me, it was, it was, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and I've, I've liked to say that I'm, I'm pretty damn good at what I do as far as the screaming stuff goes. Um, But to say to myself, I need to be better because that sucked or, or to just feel a little insecure about what I was doing. Like, Oh man, am I, am I going to be able to do this? Or can I actually sing? Like, it's good for you. It's yeah. good for your psyche, man. It's, it's, it's good to, uh, to push yourself. Um, yeah. so that, that if, if this record is an absolute complete flop and everybody hates it and it, it doesn't fucking matter to me because it proved to me that literally anything I say I'm going to do, I can do as long as I have, the, the the mental capacity to say I'm going to do that and nobody can tell me different um so onward and upward yeah yeah and as far as you know anybody saying that it's a, a fucking flop or anything I don't think is going to be an issue uh you know looking at so <laughs> the the tracks that you guys have dropped so yeah. far and everything are are doing stellar I mean you know no heaven uh currently as of us talking at this exact moment on Spotify alone is just over 651,000. Uh, yeah, right so like, yep. not, not going to be a problem. <laughs> no, I don't think it would be a flop, but I, I mean, I guess it's more of a, a thing for me to say it, it, it doesn't good, bad, ugly, in between, right. indifferent, whatever happens. Um, uh, I've accomplished something with this record that I, I wanted to accomplish. And now uh, everything is just uh, going to be um, moving forward and pushing the needle as much as I can with each release, you know, that's, that was uh, the best part about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's uh, a great way to look at it is, you know, if for nothing else, this can be that piece in your, your catalog of work as you get older and whatnot, that you can look back and say, Hey, you know, we went there, maybe we never go there again, but we went there once and we showed that we could do it. Yep. Absolutely, man. Always, always to push yourself. It's always got to be the, it's always got to be the thing. You got to you got to get out, out of your comfort zone and, and just uh, and do your due diligence to um, to be the best version of you. Yeah. Uh, so one of the questions I do enjoy asking, especially when somebody has a new album coming out, you guys have dropped several singles, so it may be spoiled a little bit. But it's a two part question for people that are getting ready to check out this album. What song do you think they're going to gravitate to? And then what song do you want them to gravitate to? Okay, let's see here. The probably two songs um, that haven't been released yet. 
I think people are going to gravitate to the song Super Personal. Um, I think it's a great mashup of everything that FTFD is, has been, and will be. Um, I think it's just a, a well-rounded song of what we are able to do on this record, what we've done previously. Um, and then a song I, I hope people gravitate to because it's one of my favorite songs on the record and one of my favorite songs I've ever written or recorded uh, is the song Searching. Um, it's, um, it's, it's a song. It's a, <laughs> it's a good one. It's, 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 again, probably one of my favorite, if not uh, my most favorite song I've ever written. Um, lyrically, um, the composition, the, the instruments, um, lyrics, you name it. For me, it's just it's a complete home run of a song. And, and I hope people love that one as, as much as I do. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's it's interesting to hear you to say that, like, because it's easy to say that you're most excited about your newest work. Right. Like. It it's obviously why we're here talking and, and doing this promo and everything. Right. But I think the thing is there's definitely authenticity with it when there's an artist like you, that's been around for so long. Cause like mm. you can look at my catalog, I've written a lot of shit. Like if right. I'm saying this is the best I've ever done, this is probably the best I've ever done. Right. And right. And, and you can't, you know, it, that's the funny thing about, about, um, people sometimes about what they say about your work is they'll they'll tell you that it, they'll tell you other stuff is your best work and that's right. what's funny for me sometimes like that's great that you think that but this is my best work so all indifferent um searching is is undoubtedly um one of if again not the best track i feel that i've ever written i'm, I'm very pleased with it uh i can't wait for everybody to hear it and i hope people gravitate to it uh as much as i do yeah um so obviously out on the road right now but any plans for new music videos things like that uh we will have the, the, we have two more mu new music videos actually so this will be there'll be one that's going to be coming out around the exact same time as the record uh for a song that's called without you um probably my second favorite song on the record um close close first to searching <laughs> but it's uh, so that that music video will be coming out uh, with the record directed by uh, my good friend uh, Wombat Fire, um, just an unreal director and, and visualizer. The guy is an absolute genius. Um, and uh, yeah, him and his wife did an amazing job on all the work. They've done all of our visuals for uh, the promos and the, the album artwork. Like They did everything. I kind of gave them the reins to just go in and, and do what they do, and, and they knocked it out of the park. So that music video will be coming out uh, around the same time as the record. And then we will be putting out another video uh, post cycle uh, for one of the songs on the record as well. Awesome. Um, for people that don't understand what goes into it, I always say, you know, like, especially when, when we're talking to a signed band, a lot of people assume, Oh, that's true but what they don't fucking understand is that money gets paid back so right you know obviously you don't have to go into details of any of that necessarily but like for people that aren't aware like talk a little bit about what goes into that and like having to choose fuck you know we've got a 10 hour or a 10 song album like what can we do logically um you cut out for that first bit of what you you're, said you're fine uh so like 
for you guys, basically what I was getting at is what's the process to figure out? Because I don't think everyone understands. They think the record label is a blank checkbook, essentially. So what goes into it for you guys on like, okay, we're, we're getting ready to drop an album. What songs are going to have videos and how do you guys manage that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's always finding what, what's going to be best. Um, there's songs that, you know, you don't make singles, even though they may be better songs um, that you need to choose because it'll, it'll bring the most revenue in. And, and it's not always this case, but there's certain songs that need to be, uh, chosen just just because this makes the most sense for what we're trying to accomplish on this end uh to make sure that the label is is because like you said this is not free money when we sign to a label and labels you hear about well they got a record deal and oh man the label must be giving millions of dollars like every little cent and i mean every cent of that has to be paid back like it's 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 essentially just a front you know that's why you're seeing a lot of bands go independent because they're like well this is this is a new age this isn't 1998. This isn't, you know, we can fund this ourselves. We can record this ourselves. A lot of these bands are doing this stuff on their own. They're doing, they're, there's a lot of bands I know where one member of the band is a legitimate engineer who records other records and their own shit. So there, it's the, the, there's still absolutely a need for labels um, for many reasons, but there's also a way around that if you have the means to do it on your own. Um, so again, choosing certain songs that make the most sense to, uh, collectively represent the release is sometimes the best way to move on certain singles to make sure that you're investing it in the right places. Um, you know, we've had no heaven, no heaven, you know, that, that song did really well. Um, it's one of my favorite songs in the record. It's not my favorite song on the record, but it did great at radio. We took it, we took it to a radio campaign. Um, it went to uh, 44 on the billboard um, on the billboards. It did um, in the fi- uh, top 50 in the BDS stations. It did in the top 30 as secondary rock charts. Like it did some legitimate uh, radio numbers. And that's not even, I would believe, our best song on the record. But it's the best song that makes sense for that space. Um, so that's a little insight of, of how you choose certain singles to represent your release or represent what you're trying to accomplish uh, moving forward for certain singles yeah no and i i just i like getting the perspective of that because i do think there are a lot of people that forget you know as quote unquote dirty as it feels to say but like the band is still a business so Absolutely. i have to do what's best for business sometimes and that may not Absolutely. be playing your favorite song on the album every night on tour it's oh, what's going to bring the kids in Yep. Yep. And then, you know, we see that with certain fans you bring in, you know, for the fallen dreams is, is making a very uh, a large pivot into different spaces. We're still the same band we've always been, but we're still making a big pivot in our musical, um, you know, uh, our, our venture of, of being, a, putting ourselves in a, in a different space and the more um, uh, active rock and metal, you know, that's what we're trying to occupy because that's what this record is, is a majority of. And we, and we've, enjoyed that challenge um but we're noticing different types of fans that are coming out to these shows that would have not come and seen the band 10 years ago because it's not up their alley so you know they hear songs like no heaven that are on their local radio station you know and they're coming out and they're hearing no heaven but then they're hearing us play songs from 15 years ago that they're like well goddamn, this is very different so it's fun man It's, it's fun to mix it up but to also make sure that um you know, we're putting our best foot forward as far as uh, the right signals go as well. 
yeah um so we've got the album coming out like i said about nine days after this uh podcast goes live you guys are still going to be on the road at that time for another couple weeks you're going to be out Mm -hmm. until mid-march um without you know getting in trouble with the label or anybody like that what does the remainder of the the spring and summer kind of look like for you with this album cycle uh, we're going to be busy. That's as much as I can say right now. We have some stuff planned for the States. We have some stuff planned for overseas. Uh, a rising empire label over there is uh, from uh, from Germany. Uh, so we're planning some stuff overseas. Uh, we have a few things going on here in the States to occupy the rest of the, the summer, some festivals. So plenty of stuff uh, to keep us busy and, and to, to keep making our rounds uh, to see the fans. Yeah, for sure. Uh obviously don't you know confirm or deny it if uh you're not allowed to yet but like you guys have seen the world on that so playing festivals especially foreign festivals will say uh Mm. what's the difference there you know feeling wise between that fan base and like do you think because they don't get to see you as often that they're they're more energetic towards it or is it kind of a a reverse dichotomy on that uh i i think europe and, and a, a lot of the the rest of the world is just very appreciative that bands from the States come over there. Um, yeah. When we when we play Europe, it is, I mean, it, the States are, are fucking great. This is, this is, this is home, God damn it. And we love it. But when we go overseas, um, the fans are just so like energetic about every band that comes over. They're very appreciative. They're always, you know, buying tons of merch and just in, in, in just being very excited about every band that takes the time to come over there. Cause it's, it's, it's not often, not all their favorite, not every single uh, band can, can make their way overseas. You know, there's a lot of bands that just, they never have the means to. Um, right. So the big, those big festivals, like it's a whole culture over there um, in, in, in Europe that uh, most of these people, they work all throughout the year to make sure that when summer comes, it's summer festival time. They go to five or six different festivals. They camp, they stay there for five to 10 days and just watch hundreds of bands. And they do it from early or mid spring, early spring, all the way to fall, you know, festival season over there is, 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 is unreal. You know, there's a lot of bands in the States here that they don't tour the States. They're, they're right. from the United States, but they, they tour maybe once every couple of years, but they tour every year, two or three times uh, overseas, uh, just because it's, it's a completely different culture. It's, you know, they're a little bit more um, um, hungry for it. You know, we're, we're spoiled here in the States with like a lot of things. We, we get tours nonstop of every yeah. band. There's a show or a tour going on every fucking day of the week. Um, so over there, they, 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 it just seems like they're a little more, um, hungry for it so we we try to make our way over there as much as possible uh last time we were over there uh we were doing a headliner and that and that was 2019 so yeah yeah looking so yeah not not a, now not only you know a new record but also the fact that you haven't been there for four years is going to just right. make that insane when that pops off oh yeah absolutely man we, we can't wait so uh hopefully we get to announce that sooner than later but it, it should be uh should be great yeah awesome uh, that's really everything I've got for you. So kind of the standard outro, man. Obviously, I'll tag all your socials and everything, but what's the best right. way to find you online and kind of interact with you guys? Yep. Uh, Instagram is FTFD Band. Uh, Facebook for the Fallen Dreams. Twitter, FTFD Band. 
TikTok FTFD band. Um, new self-titled record for the Fallen Dreams out March 10th on a Rising Empire Records. And uh, we can't wait to see y'all. Hope we, uh, hopefully we've made some new fans over this podcast. And uh, can't wait, man. Can't wait to get back out there and see everybody. Awesome, man. I'm stoked for you. I'm, I'm really excited for this album. And, you know, we'll definitely do what we can to help promote and hopefully boost some announcements when you have those ready appreciate to go it, and sent out. So absolutely appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for your time. Absolutely. We'll see you, brother. Yep. Have a good one. Have a good one. And that was my conversation with Chad from For the Fallen Dreams. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, definitely want you to go check this album out. Uh, again, it comes out on March 10th. Um, so just a little over a week away from when hopefully you're listening to this. This uh, episode is going live on the 1st. So, you know, I think it's going to be one of those albums that, you know, for old fans, it's going to be very easily digestible. There's going to be some changes and some kind of just spins on old stylings and evolutions and things like that. Um, And, you know, for new fans, I think it's going to be something that there's going to be tracks on this album if you're uh, a metalcore fan, whatever you want to call yourself, uh, a metal fan, hard rock, alt rock, whatever. They have so much range and versatility within this album, uh, within their catalog. You're going to find some shit that you you are into. So definitely check it out. Um, As always, I will have all of the social medias and everything linked in the description of this podcast. So be sure you head over, give them a like, share, subscribe, follow, uh, do all the free shit, help promote the band. Um... They are on tour currently until uh, March the 18th, so there's still quite a few tour dates going around. Um, If you're in Washington, Oregon, California, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Tennessee, or Alabama, uh, you'll probably get to see them sometime between hearing this podcast and um, the end of this tour. And they are out on the road currently with Gideon, Orthodox, and Guerrilla Warfare. Uh, if you somehow missed us talking about that in the episode. So definitely going to be a show that is just fucking mayhem is the best way to put it. But such a, a beautiful type of mayhem that, you know, controlled chaos is is the best way to put it. So that's everything for this episode, guys. Um Please be sure that you like, share, subscribe to the podcast, our Instagram, Facebook. Those are the primary two social medias we use. I am working on some new TikTok stuff and hopefully some new YouTube stuff soon. Um, you know, one man show. So it's kind of can be a lot sometimes to, to get all the things done. But uh, we are working on it. So... I really appreciate everything you guys have done for me and allowed me to do with this podcast for so long now. And, um, yeah, looking forward to some really cool future episodes, some stuff that isn't quite yet confirmed, but it's really fucking close and it's going to be dope. So stay tuned guys. And remember, as always 
Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.